0: Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, part two of a special cast, the quirky story. Don't believe people when they tell you you can't fire anybody around here. Folks, this cast is about managing people and about how difficult it is, how difficult everybody says it is to fire people, but how really it isn't if you're a Manager Tools manager. And you're going to learn how to manage people effectively by coming to our Effective Manager Conference. We encourage you to come to the website Learn more. Go to the forums and ask from the people who have actually been whether or not they recommend it. I suspect you'll find they will. Welcome back to part two of the Corky story. I know the first part was a little long and not terribly actionable, but this part we really get into the meat of what actually happened with Danny as a manager, very first management job, and I love his story. Okay, <laughs> pick us up where we left off, Danny.
1: Okay, so where we left it uh, last time was, uh, you know, I was talking about that I had just, I started doing one-on-ones with Corky and the rest of my directs. And that it was pretty clear to me pretty quickly that Corky's, um, what he was doing, we just were not getting a very good return on investment from his time and from his expense, from the expenses. Uh, So I kept doing one-on-ones just kept focusing on building the relationships, getting to know the rest of the folks in the organization I need to work with, building relationship with my boss, all that type of thing. So I did one-on-ones for six months total. So after about two months, I, I, it was pretty clear to me that, you know, quirky was just not effective, but I just kept doing the one-on-ones. So I did them for another four months. And then it was about this time, Mark, that you taught me the feedback model. And the coaching model, right? Because I was calling you saying, okay, I'm doing these (laughs) (laughs) one-on-one. I'm doing the one-on-ones, but he's not doing any better. It's not getting any better. I don't know (laughs) what to do now. And so after I learned the feedback model, uh, for the next two months, I just really focused on giving quirky feedback on his performance. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I was not as good at this as I could have been or should have been. Out of all the training, I think feedback is probably the hardest for me particularly negative feedback. I hear from managers all the time at conferences, gosh, this, just, this feels so weird. This feels very robotic. I would yeah. never talk like this.
0: And yet they write any reviews in a format that they would never use never, normally. Right, right. And they give presentations where they, everybody has to have a deck and they have to be bound a certain way and it's not the way you would normally do it and when you fill out expense reports and you change companies every company's is different and when you do budgeting at different companies it's always different and if the first time you've ever done budgeting you don't know what you're doing and it seems very awkward that you have to update it five times and you have to submit it and you get a note back saying yes you passed or you didn't yeah look a significant portion of people's pushback to feedback is based in a it's going to be uncomfortable and meaning I'm going to create some conflict which is all made up in your head and I haven't done it before if in fact the world was limited to things that didn't require some potential friction and that you had never done it before we would still be chipping stones together to in make caves. fire <laughs> yeah. so
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely
0: okay so you started giving feedback but it was hard and, and it was and, hard and you weren't doing enough of it in in your mind
1: i wasn't so no. when you say
0: not enough how much were you giving how often i mean virtually every week you had a one-on-one with corky where he hadn't done his job in some fashion right yes so were you giving him feedback during the week were you talking to him on the phone or were you waiting to the one-on-one
1: I have to be totally candid. I will have to say that most of the feedback that I gave Corky was during the one-on-one.
0: Sure, because he was traveling and you were He weren't. was traveling, yeah. Or, and, or uh, you were too. We and, had different, and different right.
1: parts, yeah. Right.
0: Okay. How much did you give?
1: At least one piece a week. And usually I would say... Two on average.
0: Okay. Um, at and, this point, later I negative. got better at it, mostly and mostly negative. negative. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that you did well? Forget for a moment. Stop beating yourself up about how much. Would you say that you were truthful, or you that you were faithful to delivering it in a pleasant way?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I would say sixty to seventy percent of the time, I I did pretty well with that.
0: Okay. Good.
1: It was a very. Um, emotionally oh God, I, don't, I don't want to overstate it, but I had a lot of angst around it. I,
0: I, okay, but, but I but wasn't angst, doing it. I, I'm not worried about angst. Folks, okay. folks, don't worry if you're a little uncomfortable delivering it. I'm worried that you were delivering it with negativity.
1: I don't think there was negativity
0: okay.
1: in that, you know, I didn't raise my voice and I didn't call him names or anything like that. But be particularly, I would say I was not, I wasn't pleasant. Okay. Right? okay. I would say it was pretty, it, I was Matter probably more, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, enough. that's how I would describe it. Yeah, I would I would say I definitely didn't have a smile on my face, but I wasn't scowling. Okay. The big step for me was to not scowl. <laughs> so, <laughs> to not
0: be angry, to not show to them not, your anger. To,
1: to not show the anger. Well, this is interesting.
0: Yeah. I think people, I think it's helpful for people to understand you were angry, you were frustrated.
1: I was, very, yeah.
0: very. And what we're saying here is, you can feel angry and still give negative feedback. Yes. You just have to be careful. You have to, yes. you have to monitor your own emotional state.
1: And for me, that was the goal was, for me, I considered it a success if I got through the one-on-one and got through giving him a negative feedback while staying neutral.
0: Yeah. And just okay. kind of
1: staying in that neutral gear.
0: I think when you're starting something new, I think that's, that's probably a completely legitimate goal to set. I, I think that's just me. I mean I you know, I, I think we're all way too hard on ourselves that and I think sometimes at conferences when you and I deliver feedback people are like, Oh, I couldn't do that and so well you know, it's a bit like saying, Well, if you're watching uh, who's an example today? If you're if you're watching a you know, a golfer hit a golf ball, you'd say, Well, I you know, a pro golfer, you're like, I I couldn't do that. Yeah, well, that's not a reason not to go play golf. Right? Right. right. I mean, God, we golly. golly. <laughs>
1: which I, I, you know, you mentioned golf and that reminds me of, I shared with you last week during our our one-on-one, I've just started taking golf lessons and uh, it just getting the grip and the stance. And my first lesson, I felt very awkward and I kept saying to my coach, this feels weird. This feels weird. And it was it was total out of body experience because she said to me, "Well, that's just because you haven't done it before." And I stood up and I stepped <laughs> back from the ball and I looked at her and I was like, oh, "I you. say that, <laughs> I say that every week in 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 my job when I'm training people, I tell them it just feels weird because you haven't done it before. But once you do it a couple hundred times, it'll be fine." And she laughs.
0: Here is the revelation that. I hope people are listening. This is gonna be one of the 20 or 30 most important things I ever say in a podcast. The reason why you learning golf is different than managers learning management is that when you show up to work and you are a manager, by definition, because of your role, you are managing. Everything a manager does is, by definition, managing. So therefore, it's easy to reject feedback Because you can still say, I'm managing. If, however, you reject swinging the club, you're not Not playing playing golf. Right. And so people think, well, I am managing, I'm just not doing it that way. Whereas when it comes to golf, you actually do, no matter what you say about playing golf, you have to swing the club and you have to hit the ball. And so that's why people feel like they can get away with saying, "Well, yeah, it's hard, so I'm not going to do it." It's because of the role. It's because of the role you're in as a manager. The question is not, "Are you in the role?" The question is, or the question is whether or not you are prosecuting or executing that role to the best of your ability. And that's where managing and learning feedback is similar to the golf lesson. Anyone who picks up a golf club and swings at a ball, even if they're one years old, is playing golf, right? Mm -hmm. But they may not call themselves a golfer, but most managers can get away with not improving. The problem is deep inside, they know they can be better.
1: For me, with the feedback, the one-on-one, I couldn't let myself off the hook. During the week, I could let myself off the hook, right? Right. But during the one-on-one, it was staring me in the face of yep. I can't go through this one-on-one without giving him feedback. There's, I have no reason at this point. I have no justifiable excuse.
0: You can't say I'm too busy to give feedback no. if you're sitting we're in a one-on-one sitting right, right, right in fr- from.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. Good. So at this point, it's we're halfway through the year. Uh, and so it was time for me to give Corky his mid-year review. One of the, one of the things I'll say that the American Cancer Society did well around – Management was they had a pretty robust review process, um, and they really stuck to it. So, it's six months in, I have to give him his six month review. So, of course, I've got six months worth of one on one notes. I've written down, you know, when I gave him feedback during the one on one. So, I sit down, I write the review, lots of examples of Corky's behavior and his failure to deliver results, right? Okay, now. I gave him a score. We did we had a, a rating of one to four with one is complete failure to meet expectations and four exceeding expectations. And you had to you know, give a ranking and you could not do decimal points. It had to just had to be the whole number. You couldn't say 2.5 or something like that. Um, so I wrote Corky's review and I scored on the scale of one to four. I gave him a two, which was not meeting not expectations. Meeting expectations. It has to be
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now
1: this is the first time in his career with the society where he received anything less than a three. He had never received yeah. less than a three. And
0: it, we talked about this before, about how he hadn't been doing well before and everybody had kind of passed him over. Yeah. Is, is it safe to say that you know that even though there would be political potential 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 political ramifications from giving him a two that none of his previous bosses would have argued with you that he was probably not performing up to the responsibilities of the job. I would say so. Everyone knew there was, there was an understanding that he had been carried partially because of his relationship with the COO, partially because he had been there a while, partly because of his age, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Nobody, nobody was surprised Okay. Or, or would have been surprised, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. But he clearly, he was not happy. Uh, you know, he could not have said that he was surprised because at this point, We'd been talking every week. I mean, there was for, nothing for, in and, that room.
0: And, and to be clear, how many months had you been giving him weekly one-on-ones with, with? Six
1: and a half months at this point.
0: Okay, so you so you really took over right when he, when, when it was time for him to start being evaluated. Yes. So he had weekly one-on-ones, and for the previous three months, roughly, he had been getting negative feedback. About three, dime. three
1: and a half months, something like that, yeah. Steady
0: negative feedback. Yes. Not a lot, but one to two each week. Every week, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Fair enough.
1: And what I kept asking myself as I was writing that review was, has he heard this before? And if I could not say yes, then I didn't include it in the review. So I I, absolutely, there was nothing in that review that he had not
0: heard before. Right. And again, when you say he couldn't have been surprised, in fact, I would argue that technically he could be surprised because there's a difference between being told each week you're not doing your job and a boss actually having the... Courage to put it in a review. So the standard is really not that he wasn't surprised The standard is there's nothing he hadn't heard but it was his cognitive problem that when he got surprised all he was doing was saying he had written into his own head, but she won't actually put it uh, in yeah. my review, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? That, <laughs> yes, Yeah. Totally. And so, so when you did, he was surprised, but it was also true that he wasn't hearing anything that he hadn't already heard before.
1: True, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. Now, again, part of the way that the Cancer Society operates is, at this point, anybody who gets a two or below automatically the manager is to go on a coaching plan with them. Right. Now, I had the benefit of learning your coaching model the manager tools coaching model which is not the american <laughs> cancer society right. coaching model so when i gave corky his review we had the conversation
0: go back go back go back let's go back and talk about his surprise so let's help the managers out there who are thinking what do i do i'm going to avoid i'm going to avoid negative feedback because that would mean i'd have to give a tough review at the middle of the year tell me about his response in the review
1: some of the phrases that he used were, I've never had a problem before, maybe this is just a problem between me and you because I've worked for a lot of other people here. Oh, yeah, and- which, which is
0: another way of saying, this is your problem and not mine.
1: Yes, exactly. Because I right. had
0: history with other managers who didn't do this to me. He didn't
1: do this, right? absolutely.
0: What did you say to that? <laughs> not that we're talking about <laughs> delivering reviews, but I can tell you that people who are listening right now want to know. <laughs>
1: So I just kept hearing your voice in my head. Stay frosty, Danny. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Right? Because again, my goal is get through this without being emotional. Right? Right. Okay. Kind of stay in neutral. Right. So I remember doing a lot of shrugging of my shoulders. Like I and I think I I think I'm pretty sure I said a lot of you know I I don't know what to say to that Corky. I'm not them. I didn't know you then. I didn't manage you then. Fair enough. So I really just. I would say I didn't directly respond to what he was saying. You don't have to.
0: That's an important point. You don't have to. An accusation that's untrue, you don't have to. I just read in the Wall Street Journal a story about someone who some group disagreed with them and they then created an attack. And he says, I don't respond to incorrect, presumptuous, contentious comments. Right? You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: One of the things I also told him was something along the lines of, I'm sure that that's true. I'm sure that you've done well in the past. Mm -hmm. What we need as an organization has changed and that's going to require doing new things and having a new approach. And I I use that to lead into the conversation of, I want to help you with that. Um, It's not fair for me to say to you, Corky, the job is changing and now we need different things out of you. And I don't think you're capable of doing it. And so we'll find another role for you or you'll need to leave. I want to help you get the skills that you will need to stay successful in this role as the role changes, as the needs of the organization change. And I'm committed to helping you do that. And that was how I introduced coaching was here's how I'm going to help you do that. I'm committed to you being here and you being successful. And so we're going to do this coaching thing and here's what it's going to look like. And I walked him through the process. At that point, I believe it was seven step uh, model, right? It was. Which is different yes. than our our four, four step. steps that we right. use now. And so I went over over with him and I said, "I'm going to coach you." And what I was coaching him on was how to close sales. Yes,
0: he was good at rapport.
1: Very good. Oh.
0: People loved him.
1: People loved him.
0: And that was the problem with some of the previous managers. Everybody liked him.
1: Every like, yeah, what's not to like.
0: And and there are managers who feel like if I like somebody, they're probably doing fine. Or if I like them, I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. He was great at building relationships and, and making contacts and telling the story of the organization and making that connection with people. What he wasn't doing was actually saying, "Will you write us a check? Will you yeah. come and volunteer?" Right? Yeah. He didn't. He didn't make the ask, which is basically it's the core makes part the entire. Of his job, actually. That's right. That's right, and it makes the whole purpose of the sales call, you know, null and void if you don't actually yep. make the ask. So, I, I said, "I'm going to coach you on how to close sales." And I told him, "I said, Corey, look, I don't care if you make a hundred asks and get a hundred Right. Now, I knew that was."
0: Not exactly going to happen. Right? Well, yeah. You
1: know, yeah, but I wanted him to understand this is not about you getting a hundred percent yeses all the time, right? This is about you changing your behavior because I know if you change that behavior, look, you're going to get you're going to get more yeses than noes. I don't want you focusing on I'm only going to do it if I know I'm going to get a yes or. You know, I, I'm afraid of doing it because I might get a no and then Dan will be upset because I got, you know, two no's this week and only one yes. And like I said, he was so good at building rapport that I knew that if he'd made the ask, people, more people would say yes. you get yeses. Of Absolutely. course you would, yeah.
0: But he had a fear of failure, right? Which is, which, folks, to be honest, is completely legitimate. When you failed in school, you got an F. And in some cases, your parents were upset and there was punishment after the failure. It wasn't as if the failure was enough. You then got punished, which is weird when you think about it because usually you do something and then you get punished. To get punished yet again, the way you do when you're a kid often, is not helpful. It's not helpful in some ways. You know, I remember my parents saying to me, I'm not going to give you 20 bucks for an A. The A is the reward. For the hard work.
1: Your parents and my parents went to the same yes, parenting school. Yes, they did.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is to say the Marine Corps parenting. Even though yes. my dad wasn't a Marine, my mom should have been. She'd have been the Commandant of the Marine Corps.
1: And my dad was <laughs> in yeah, the Marines. Exactly.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's normal for, for folks to fear failure. And the easiest thing to do when you fear failure is to do nothing. Unfortunately, in the world we live in today, in the professional world, there's a form of failure of doing nothing. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> because you didn't achieve the goal. Okay. Good.
1: Absolutely. So
0: you started coaching him. You used the coaching model. Use the coaching model. After immediate, roughly immediately after the review, you had been working he'd been working for you for six months. He'd been getting a steady diet of negative feedback, perhaps not as much as he deserved, but you had clearly laid the groundwork that you are not meeting expectations yes, for absolutely. three months. Okay. Good.
1: And of course, you know, I, I sent in his review. Actually, I think my boss had to sign off on his review sure, before because was, I even. It was
0: a two. Because yeah. it was a two, yeah. yeah.
1: And so she was very aware that I'm going to be working with Corky. I'm putting him on this coaching plan. And the goal is to help him with closing the sale. And of course, that was communicated to HR through the process. So, you know, everybody was aware of what was, what was going on.
0: And, and you, got, you got no substantive, objective pushback on what you were doing.
1: At this point, no. None. Mm-mm.
0: Okay. Did you get the sense that there was some political eyebrow raising uh, from your boss or from HR?
1: No, not from my boss or HR at this point. Now, what's interesting is Corky and I worked in the Louisville, Kentucky office. Right. And the COO worked in that office also. Most of the other senior executives were in, in the Birmingham. Birmingham. Right. And Quirky and the COO and I, we worked on the same floor in the Louisville office, and we were the only three people who worked on that floor.
0: Oh, my. So I had forgotten this.
1: Yeah. So while I didn't have any sense of a problem with my boss around this or from HR, it was definitely tense on the third floor of that building um, for, for the next
0: five or six months. Okay, but characterized behavior, the COO. Was he suddenly not talking to you as often? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Less smiling? Absolutely. Less inquiring about how you're doing?
1: Absolutely. And I w- would walk by his office you know, to, to go down the hall or to go, you know, to get a cup of coffee or whatever, and I would say, hey, good morning, and I would get kind of you know, the, the nod of the head, the lift of the, of the yeah, chin, and yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and folks, just for the record, what her COO was doing was unconscionable. It is unethical. If you're a a manager of other managers, if you're an executive, I don't care how good or bad your organization is, the obligation for you to behave in a professional and ethical way is that much higher than people below you. I was just reading somewhere. um, I was talking to to Wendy about uh, Fredman Malik, who is one of my all-time, my second favorite management author after Peter Drucker. I was quoting from it because he's just so good. And he, he talked openly about the idea that managers can't act as if what's important about their job is the role and the power. What's important is the obligation you have. And it doesn't matter how much power you have or what your role is, what matters is how effective you are in getting things done. And you sh- one shouldn't want to be a manager Simply because one gets role power, even though, of course, many people in fact do that. And the higher you get up, the greater the burden is. Um, and too many people never ever understand that. Yeah. So you were you were aware that there were political wins. They yes. weren't. They weren't howling. No. But there was. You clearly had a headwind, not a tailwind.
1: Yes. Wind. Yes. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely.
0: Good. Okay. So you start coaching him.
1: Start coaching him. So. We go the next three months. Corky and I are meeting every week. We're doing our one on ones. And then we're usually having coaching sessions following the one on ones which at the time, I remember thinking, this really isn't how I'm supposed to be doing it, but I didn't know any other way to, right? I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit. I knew I wasn't totally following the model, but I was really trying to give Quirky every opportunity. And he was asking for more time. He would say during the one-on-ones, I really think that we you know should probably spend the next 20 or 30 minutes talking more about this. And in hindsight, looking back, I knew a lot of that was you know, he was making a lot of excuses for why he wasn't hitting his goals. He wanted the, the time to sit with me and say, "But this and this and you don't understand and right. this happened." And I did not at that time have within myself the confidence to say no to that additional time because I didn't want to give him any reason to say I could have done it had, you know, but she wouldn't give me more time. Right. So, I would have, you know, agreed to spend more time with him. So, some weeks it was it was an hour Some weeks it was an hour and a half that we were spent. I was spending one on one with Quirky between the one on ones and then the coaching sessions where we would go over every week. Okay, walk me through last week's sales calls. How did they go? Did you close? What happened? And then what are the appointments you have coming up for the next week? How many appointments do you have? Right. What's the goal for how many of those you're going to close? And so,
0: what I hear you saying is you were focused on trying to do it right and you knew you weren't doing it as well as it could be done.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's important, right? I mean, I think there's a healthy fear of failure. And so when we ask managers to engage in feedback or coaching, they're like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. Folks, that's not an excuse. You have to persevere. And if you're afraid of doing things wrong, folks, and your people will sooner or later figure that out, you're sending them a message. It's okay for them to do it wrong. And so you shouldn't be shocked when you ask them to try something new and they simply drag their feet. It's normal because that's what you're doing. You're dragging your feet about becoming a better manager.
1: Yeah, we can't ask them to change their behavior if we're not willing to change ours. Right? Yeah,
0: well, and the definition of behavior change is I'm going to be uncomfortable for a little while. Right. And folks, we I don't mean to say that because you're wrong for not doing management the way Danny and I and Mike and Wendy and everybody else at Manager Tools tells you. I'm not saying that at all. We respect that. There are other ways to do this. What I'm suggesting is in anything you do, if, you, if you're if you comfortable doing what you're doing now, you're not doing your job because comfort is not your job. If you're then going to change, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I don't care whether you use our stuff or not, but you ought to be willing to set an example of, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to see whether or not it works in the same way that virtually every new product that your company or every new service that your company puts out is a test. And it may or may not be a blockbuster. It may just be okay. Many, many products don't sell as well as the projections, but they're kept out there because they're in fact profitable. You can't say, well, I'm afraid I won't meet the goal. So, therefore, well, no, I'm sorry. You can say that. You can't say, I'm afraid I won't meet my high expectations of myself. So, I'm not going to do it. And then call yourself a professional.
1: Right. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Good. Okay. So, you're spending a lot of time in the one on one. A lot of them. time. Good. A lo- yeah. A tip of the hat to you. Good. Okay.
1: And of course, still giving him a lot of feedback at this point. And I I would say this was when I started getting better at it. And part of it was just the fact that we were sitting there, again, looking at each other for an hour. So there was more opportunity. But I would say easily he was getting three or four pieces of feedback in the model during those coaching sessions. Okay. Now, in addition to that, I would also say I was... Talking to him about his performance, not in the model too, right? Because not everything that we talked about, that I, did I say it specifically in the model? Can I give you some feedback when you do this? Here's what happens. Um, but sometimes as we were going over things, you know, I would just say, well, Corky, you know that that's not, you didn't hit your goal, right? Right. You're clear on that. So not every time I talked to him or, or gave him input on how he was doing was it in the model. But I would say easily three or four pieces in the model every week.
0: Plus okay.
1: additional, you know, hey, that's not what we agreed on. You didn't hit your numbers last week, all of that. Okay. So three months go by and his performance is not improving. Yeah. He's continuing to miss his numbers.
0: And you you talked to him about it. He wasn't making the ask, right?
1: Right, yeah. Again,
0: telling those emotional stories, r- ripping people's hearts, hearts out, telling the story the way I used to tell the story about Kate and people were just emotionally connected to him. Yes. And yet he wouldn't actually do the hard part of his job. He did the easy part for him, which is to engage people, to inspire people, to get them emoting, but he didn't do the hard part. Okay. Absolutely. Which is to say, therefore he wasn't doing his job.
1: Right. Cause his job is to come back every week and, and with report sponsorship into dollars, me, and, with sponsor yeah. dollars and volunteers and to report into me, this is how many calls I went on. This is how many times I closed maybe ask. Yeah. This is how many yeses, this is how many noes. You know, this is what I asked for. I I made a total of $55,000 worth of asks and I got $20,000 worth of yeses yeah. or you know, yeah. it was it was all in black and white as far as the numbers. It was very specific um, measurable objective numbers every week. Right. Um, and he was missing them. Okay. So this is now, at this point, this is nine months after I started managing him. <laughs> right. So, we have three months left until the year, year is over, and I'm going to have to write his year-end review.
0: By the way, you, you give him a two, and of course, HR had to be involved, six-point yes. part. What did HR do to assist you oh, in, in a, in a <laughs> proactive way? to keep him from having a really dangerous situation, which is an end of year formal review, which says failing to meet.
1: Sadly, nothing,
0: nothing. Mm-mm. Yeah. And guys, I just came back from Sydney. I got back from Sydney about nine o'clock last night. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Danny and I are recording right now. And folks, I got to tell you, we had a guy at the Sydney conference, Alan, who was, who was a, an HR guy and Alan Arthur. And it just, a Absolutely fabulous guy, Alan. If you're listening, I loved having you in the front row. And you know, he was okay. He he, he joked about the fact that I knew he he knew I was a a recovered HR hater. Um, and he said, "Mark, the only reason I listen to you is because you're so much so direct and so candid." So this is one of the reasons why we hate HR. HR is going to potentially work to protect. Danny's organization against Danny because Danny, uh, hypothetically, managers would say, well, what is HR going to do to me at the end of the year? But are they proactively helping? No. 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 And you, And guys, I hate to be cynical. You know why? Because they don't know how. Because they've never actually coached anybody. Because they're not willing to get into the weeds. They're willing to hold a hand over Danny's head and say, heaven forbid you do this poorly because we'll chop your head off. Which that's no kind of help at all. No, <laughs> it's just oversight with potential complications. Yeah. Okay. All right. So HR is not helping.
1: HR is not helping. Other Nine than months. saying, other than saying, you know, you need to coach him. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, that's all they said, right? right. You know, we exactly. need to put him on a coaching plan.
0: Not they actually know what that is.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. So we have three months left in the year, and and at this point, it's clear to me, you know he has three months to to turn things around. And if the previous nine months are any indication of the next three months, this is not going to end well for Corky. I mean, there's no way that given what has happened for the last nine months that I can give him the kind of review that he would need to have to recover from From the the two that he got at the mid year. And if he didn't get a good review, then for me at that point, I believe my responsibility is to recommend termination. I mean, it's been a year, right? Yeah. For me, well, I'm looking at- it's been at- a year.
0: No, no, it's not fair to say it's been a year. It's been a year of poor performance and concerted management relationship building, guidance, coaching, offering of skill improvement, and suggestions with no change. Right. That's what the year has been. Yes. And, and then when you say that, saying it's been a year is, okay, you're right. The burden is completely on him. Okay? Absolutely. You see that coming. Okay?
1: And so I think the really the only fair thing for me to do at this point is tell Corky, we're three months away from me recommending termination. Right. Right? That's the right yeah, thing to do. It's
0: absolutely the right thing to do.
1: And so at this point... We have a process.
0: Well, I would even say it a little bit differently. You're talking about time and everybody's operational tempo everywhere in the world is different. Yeah. I would say it's a combination of the time and the fact that you had the awareness that there was no way without an epiphanic sort of change, he was going to get where he needed to be. And at that moment, you are obligated to say something that the consequences are likely to happen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly okay. right. Okay. So exactly what'd you do? Exactly right. 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 So I prepared a, a MFR, memorandum for record, right? Which is what the organization requires me to do at this point,
0: right? Six months, you actually, HR said you should coach him, but they didn't really have anything to help you no. with, right? Help you with that. But at this point, HR says now it becomes more formal. We expect an MFR, a memorandum for record. Okay. Yes. So now the manager tools coaching model that you're applying and the one-on-ones and feedback are now dovetailing or interacting with at least the organizational minimum standards for legal protection, if you will, relative determination or formal sanctions against someone's failure to perform.
1: Absolutely. And I cannot imagine being prepared to do that or being able to do that well to follow the organization's requirements had I not been doing what I had been doing for the previous nine months.
0: Well, of course. And that's why that's why when managers don't know how to coach and they don't therefore coach, they don't want to give bad reviews and that's why other managers gave him okay reviews. Right, because they exactly they, right. they did not feel I mean, because they're humans, they recognize that to not talk about one's failure to perform and then somehow at the end of the year say, Well, you failed to perform is unethical. that one has to engage in behaviors between the awareness and the actual delivery of an evaluation that attempts to mitigate the problem, but lacking any way to do that, they don't do it. And then they let themselves off the hook by giving them what everybody else has given them before. And I can assure you that people before you, when they were managing Corky, they were worried and worried and worried and worried. And then they went back and looked at his performance reviews and realized everybody had given him twos, And that was the moment (laughs) that they went, oh, I'm off the hook. There's no way this guy suddenly started performing badly with me. No way in heck. So clearly, that moment, there was dread in those managers. And they went to HR and said, hey, can I see Corky's performance reviews? I'm getting ready to write his. I want to be accurate or whatever. And they went and they said, oh, that's the answer. I'm off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, HR probably knew he was a poor performer. And they saw those reviews come in. And they didn't do a darn thing and about it. They didn't him. do it. Right. Yeah. That's
1: exactly right. And their bosses, those managers reported into VPs. And they knew. And yeah. they had to sign off on those performance reviews also. It was urban legend in the organization, don't give a to because then you'll, ha- you'll create all kinds of work for yourself, right? Because as soon yeah. as you give a to you have to start doing all of this other stuff that HR requires, yep. right? So, it's also, you know, for managers was, well, I don't want to create a whole bunch of extra work for myself. And clearly, nobody else thinks this is a problem because it's been happening for so long. Everybody else has just been passing it along. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So I sit down with my notes, my notebook, my one-on-one notebook for Quirky. I go through, I put the MFR together, right? Detailing out specific dates of one-on-ones. This is one of the reasons why I tell people at conferences, this is one of the reasons why I love the Manager Tools one-on-one form. Because on it, it has a place for you to write the date. It has a place for you to write the time. And then I often tell managers, not only did I write the time that the one-on-one started, but I would also write the time that the one-on-one ended. So that when I sat down and wrote that MFR, I could say, on April 25th, I met with Quirky from one o'clock until 2.15. And here are the things we discussed. And here were his deliverables. And here was how he missed it. And, And I never heard back from HR that Oh, that made a difference, but I can't imagine that having that specific of details where somebody or manager could say, on this date I met with them from this time to this time, did not add some credibility, right? Yeah. To those to those notes, um, to that uh, document. So I prepare the, the uh, MFR. I go over it with Quirky because that's what you have to do, right? Right. I review it with him. He gets a copy of it. He signs it. I sign it. I send it to my manager. I send it to HR. So everybody is aware, again, that this has proceeded now to the next step.
0: Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week.